In this episode of The Interface, I speak with Jason Holt, General Manager of Holland Electronics in Ventura, California. Jason has been with Amphenol for almost 30 years, and we talked about the early days of the company supporting local cable TV services, and how he started working there while in high school. We talk about the experience of successfully expanding the business outside of the U.S. into Colombia and other countries in South America. We talk about working with his dad on restoring classic cars and now doing the same with his kids. We talk about the future of Holland as part of the ARFOB group, and we discuss his Desert Island music, book, and movie. This is The Interface. First of all, thank you for joining me today and, and agreeing to do this. I'm glad that we get some more representation from the uh, RFOB group. Um, it's yeah. good to see. So glad we're expanding into that area as well. Um, and we'll continue to do so, which is good. I'm, I'm happy about that. Uh, thankfully, uh, I know Bill Callahan very well. And now that he's uh, he now oversees as a group general manager, the uh, RF group, um, you know, I'll I'll rely on him to give me <laughs> maybe some access to some more people. So, um, yeah, I think he put us in the in the crosshairs, didn't he? he yeah, yeah, kind of. I said, well, who's you know? I know you're only there for a few weeks, but uh, who would be a good guest? And he's like, I get this person, I get this person, I get this person, and sorry, you were one of them. So, yeah. so here we are. All right, including yeah, your brother good. Barry. He was also yeah, on the including list. My brother Barry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason. You're the general manager of Holland Electronics in Ventura, California. Tell us a little bit about Holland and and what you do and your unique niche within Amphenol. So uh, let me go back maybe to the inception of Holland. So Holland uh, started in 1989 mm-hmm. as a small business, uh, you know, formed by a guy named Michael Holland. Right, unique that it follows his last name. Yeah. And uh, I joined the company in 92. So the company was only three years old. Um, And I was introduced to Mike from uh, my best friend's mom, who was his bookkeeper. Hmm. And uh, I, at the time, was just finishing actually high school. And I was working at another electronics company doing some very, you know, entry-level electronic repair, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And, um, you know, I, I love, like, automotive, mechanical, electrical. So I'm just always kind of a tinker. Yeah. And so uh, I, and my dad, actually, the way I got that first job in high school, so for three years of high school, I was working at this electronics company. My dad was a salesman there. Huh. And uh, yeah, so, so they, and that company did like uh, components, like capacitors, resistors. It was called Jayco Electronics. They don't, they don't exist anymore. But, um, and uh, so that's kind of where I was cutting my teeth a little bit on electronics, being interested in that, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, so anyway, my, my best friend's mom had told me, hey, you know what, you'd probably get really get along really well with my boss, you know, mm-hmm. this guy that's running this business, you know, it's only a couple years old, you know, we're doing really well, you know, you know, very small revenue numbers at the time. Um, you know, why don't you come meet him? And I'm like, sure, because I, I wasn't really, you know, it wasn't a career, you know, working at Jayco. Yeah. And I was uh, leaving high school starting JC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, sure, let me let me do that. Let's see how this job fits in. And what was so Holland met, doing I, at the time? What was the company doing at the time? Yeah, so at that time, um, you know, 30 years ago, it was really private cable was a big thing. Okay. I don't know if you remember the days where, you know, you'd have Charter and Comcast, but it was a real big deal to have a private cable operation where they catered to like MDU. So you might have an apartment building mm-hmm. that actually had a small 
cable system within the apartment building uh, that they offered services. Yeah. Right. And so we we were producing the equipment to allow those private cable operators to build what was called like a head end, right, mm-hmm. uh, in that apartment complex and provide you know television or communication services to tenants in that multiple dwelling unit. And so that was kind of the niche business at that time. Yeah. Uh, and we had worked with customers back then, like California Amplifier was like an OEM customer. Um, and so we had we had developed products. So our kind of our MO, if you will, Holland's thing was always a collaborator with the customer, mm-hmm. right? So we really valued the relationships that we would build. Yeah. And we would try to find a way, because look, there's a lot of people that do what we do. And so you've got to differentiate yourself somehow. Yes, yes. So yeah. Usually what gives us the opportunity to do that starts with that relationship, yeah. right? So having the relationship with the right person, number one, and then two, having a skill set that affords you, you know, opportunity to find a way to solve a problem, create a solution, something that maybe the customer is not thinking about, right? But that comes with a very collaborative relationship. So, so that's kind of a founding principle and still something that really today we, we try to continue to develop and grow that style business with customers. Right. I would imagine your portfolio has expanded greatly in the last almost yeah, 30 years I mean, though. <laughs> that private cable stuff actually is a very small part of our business now. Yeah. Uh, and we've obviously adapted as technologies adapted and as customers have evolved uh, to become more of, you know, some of that RF interconnect. So connectors and cable, but also some of the more integration solutions. Mm -hmm. So filters for RF filters, for example, that allow combining of different signals, um, that allow, you know, data and TV services or data and satellite. So some of these more custom like RF combining or splitting type of stuff is probably what our core competency is. If I could have you described maybe your coolest product or, or a couple of products that, you know, in the last couple of years, you really are trying to focus on. It's a new technology that you're really excited about when you're talking with customers, whether they be new or existing, they go, oh, no, you got to check out this. Yeah. What would what would those things be? Well, I guess if you're an electronic nerd, these things are considered cool, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this cool little, you know, not everybody relates that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would say that uh, we have a line of uh, isolators, they're called, mm-hmm. which is a product that helps. And this is a product mostly catering to our international customers, you know, Latin America. And I was going to get to that, actually, our business. So, so in the beginning, mm-hmm. right, we were mostly domestic, you know, like I said, California Amplifier, other operators that were North American centric. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years, you know, and I kind of spearheaded our effort uh, early on when I was more, you know, just sales guy, if you will, sales guy slash technical guy for the business, because we were like six people, right? And uh, I, I had thought that there was opportunity to take what we do uh, outside of the North American borders, right? right? And so I kind of spearheaded our effort to diversify our business into the Latin America region. And that region has very different needs, if you will, than, than we do, particularly in the uh, electrical area. The, the electrical systems in most South American countries are, are very poor, right? Mm-hmm. They, they don't function well, they don't have grounding, or if they do have grounding, it's not very good grounding. So that creates some problems for the cable TV operators, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're trying to integrate you know, their RF system with an electrical system in a building and you have this different, what they call a differential and potential, right? So we created products and actually caused some fires, if you will, in, in yeah. people's homes. 
yeah. where they, they had this situation. Yeah. So I, I would say seven or eight years ago, we, we took a trip to Brazil because uh, one of our good customers there had said, hey, look, we have a problem. Uh, somebody's apartment caught fire <laughs> yeah. and uh, they're blaming us for it, but we don't think it's us. Can you guys kind of help us? So, so we did. We went down, took an engineer and walked through, you know, that site and a few others and determined, you know, you really need a device that basically separates your network from the electrical system, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and by doing that, we provide, you know, protection for your equipment. We provide protection for the subscriber, the subscriber's property. And so we've since then have developed a whole series of isolators hmm. that, that we sell to this market. And so I would say that that's a pretty cool product because of the problems that it addresses. And it's been, it's been a good product for our business. Yeah. Wow. That's, I have a lot of questions already. I'm trying to think <laughs> of which ones to ask. Um, when, let me just, I'll start with this one because it's the first one in my mind. You talked about how there's only six people or so working there at the time, and you decided it would be a good idea to expand outside of uh, the U.S. borders and go into South America and all that stuff. So you're a young guy who's been working there for a little while. You sit down at your desk and you go, okay, how do I start this? So how did you start that? How did yeah, you do that? That's a, that's a good question, man, actually. So so the way that started was, you know, I'd been having this thought and it was really, there was two sales guys. There was me and a guy named Daryl, right? And of course, I oh, was Darryl. the new guy. Oh, Daryl, yeah, I know Daryl. Yeah, no, no, not, not the Daryl you know. Oh, yeah. the other Daryl. No, this is the other brother, Daryl, right? <laughs> and, uh, and so Daryl, you know, in my view, I walk in, I'm the new guy, you know, I'm 20, 21 years old. And, uh, you know, he's got all the accounts, right? He's got all these accounts. And I basically am like, hey, you're the grunt. You got a cold call and figure out how to create some business. Yeah. So literally we had these five by seven cards, right? Yeah. And on this five by seven card, it would have a name of a, a company, an address. And if you were lucky, maybe a phone number. And this was yeah. really before the internet, right? This was in the beginning. We didn't have the advantage of the internet. These are the Glen Gary leads. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so we're like yellow pages yeah. or someone calling us. Yeah. Right. And so some of our customers, Daryl's at that time, his customers were in Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida is a big market for uh, exporters, yeah. right? And so a lot of our sales were going to these export companies that were then selling into this market. So I kind of figured out, hey, these guys are selling our product and competitors, right? To this market seems to be growing. We don't really have any direct presence there. How do I do it? So I started to get to know some of these distributors. And then we actually, I got a phone call one night. I'll never forget this. I was in the office very late. I actually ended up spending the night. I fell asleep in my chair that night. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it got a call late, late in the evening. I pick up the phone and, and it's this guy, his name is Roberto Sandoval. Right. And Roberto says, Hey, you know, I'm in Colombia, you know, and I, I, I've heard about your company. I've seen your products. I'd like to figure out how we can do business. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the beginning. Huh. Right. So, so the relationship with him kind of got us into Colombia, yeah. got us to kind of understand the market, what was going on there. And this was, they did a little bit of private cable, but it was even a little more archaic. They were a broadcast UHF station. Basically oh, they wow. had like 10, it used to be called like the to- TOCOM is what I think the name was. And it was a general instruments platform. Mm-hmm. And it was basically like 10 or 11 UHF channels. And so everyone had a UHF antenna yeah, in order to receive that yeah. on their TV and little rabbit ears or whatever. And, and that's the TV they had that literally 10 or 11 channels. 
And so it was the beginning of that. How do we get more capacity? How do we get more channels? We know that transmitting a UHF isn't really the right way. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to build out these private cable type systems. But there it was a little bit, wasn't private cable in the sense that we were serving an apartment complex like we do in the U.S. It was a private cable system that was serving a community, Mm -hmm. right? And so they were basically building small cable systems in different cities within, you know, Colombia at that time. Wow. And and so that's kind of, and I remember going on a trip with Mike Holland. I had to drag him. Like, you know, he's like, I'm not going to Columbia. I've seen clear and present danger. Like, what are you talking about? You know? And I'm like, Mike, we really need to do this. We yeah. need to kind of meet with this customer and, and understand this. So I, I, and he had some friends in Brazil. So he, he had a little bit of an international, uh, you know, some experience there. Right. And so we hopped on a plane. We showed up in Bogota, Colombia in the nineties. And, uh, you know, I was a little, I'm still, you know, young mid 20 year old kid, you know, guys with machine guns in the airport, dogs, this whole thing. Right. And so I was a little taken back. Like I, I'm in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but you know what, I've learned to really love and appreciate the culture. They're very different cultures. Uh, you know, Colombia is different from Brazil, from Argentina, but in general, the Latin cultures are very family friendly Mm -hmm. oriented. Right. Yeah. And so uh, we've we've been able to develop some really long term relationships with folks, a lot of it based on culturally, if you fit, you know, if this is a uh, something for you, yeah. they, they they welcome you with open arms, you know. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, so that that's kind of where it started was that one call. Yeah. And then, you know, we learned Columbia did well there. We went, you know, understood the business a little bit better realize there's other products we can help them with here. You know, they didn't have any training. So they were using like multi-piece F connectors on a coax cable. Mm-hmm. So we had, said, look, there's a one piece connector, make your job easier. You can't use pliers. You should use a crimp tool. You know, so some of that basic early on training yeah. that we helped provide and that again, helped forge, you know, or created some stickiness with these customers. And uh, we still do business with these customers today under different names. They've evolved, obviously. Sure. Been bought. A lot of them are 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 under a, a different umbrella. Um, but uh, but we still deal with some of these same people from 20, 30 years ago today. That's that's a great story. I mean, it's amazing then how much it's grown and just having this idea to expand outside of your borders. And here you are. I mean, yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's know? fantastic. Yeah. So the market here was, I don't want to say it was saturated, but it was a more mature market in the U.S., right? Right. That we was had a wide open. Companies. Yeah. Yeah. This was wide open. A lot of a lot of companies were afraid, right? Credit risk. Uh, what do I do? I don't speak mm-hmm. the language and, you know, all this sort of thing. And so so people were kind of afraid to to take that step. And so for us or for me, I was like, this is virgin territory. You yeah. Know? yeah. I think it's a great way for us to grow our business. And and so, yeah, that that's kind of been our focus. And when we became part of Amphenol, and I know you talked to Barry and probably Brian a little bit about the, the ABS and trying to bring us all together. Right. Uh, and in doing that, Holland kind of uh, performs a couple of different functions or roles, right? Mm-hmm. In some ways, we're a back-end support to that North America effort. I don't have a North American sales team that I manage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's kind of the ABS team, which was the TFC team, but we provide some of that product development and engineering support. Yeah. Um, but from a front end perspective, we're kind of managing our international or Latin business, right? I see. And so I've got, you know, four or five sales guys, a product manager, uh, and 
basically dealing with that market. So front end market, Latin America, kind of back end support, North America and other, other territories. And how many people are employed at Holland now? We've got, I think we're right around 40. Yeah. So it's, yeah, right there. And it, it's fluctuated. It's been as high as 50, 55, as low as 30, 32. Yeah. It, it kind of flows like this. And, but, um, but yeah, I'd say right now we're about 40 folks. And do you have any other facilities but the one there in Ventura? No, Holland has the one here in Ventura. We actually yeah. have uh, our main office and we have another warehouse down the street that we that we kind of flex to when when we need it. Um, but uh, but no, we've been able to leverage other, you know, uh, uh, companies in our business where, hey, if something makes sense to keep in Nogales, for example, mm-hmm. on a, at a TFC facility because we're servicing a customer in Texas or something, we've been able to kind of work to our advantage, uh, kind of the Amphenol footprint. I'll jump backwards quite a bit here since you yeah, brought no up problem. something uh, that was that was interesting as well. You talk about being in high school and working in electronics for Holland at the time um, or uh, you know I think introduced through your father was electronics and just that uh, the tinkering with that and you talked about cars as well. was that something at a young age you just you really got into? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is actually so so my father, uh, when he was in his younger days was, uh, he raced boats, Okay. Right? he drag boat raced. Yeah. So as I was coming into my, you know, 14 ish timeframe, yeah. um, he had this old 1964 El Camino that was his, like, uh, you know, he was an outside sales guy. So that was his kind of company vehicle. Wow. And, yeah. uh, and he ended up buying it, you know, uh, from them when they were going to sell it or whatever. So he bought it. And this was, I think, in 19, before I was born, it was like in 68 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that car sat for years in our driveway, right? Jeez. So I, I saw this thing under the cover forever. And I'm 14, probably going on 15. And I'm like, hey, I'd like to have something to drive when I turn 16. Yeah. You know, my dad's like, well, we're not buying you a car, right? <laughs> so, you know, we've got this car that needs some work, but obviously, you know, he's a mechanical guy because he raced boats and knew that. So, Hey, if you want to work on the car together, we can, we can do that. Yeah. I had a job, right. I was working starting from a paper route up, you know, through other jobs in high school. So I'm like, okay, I have, have some funds. I can make this work. And so, so at his mentoring, you know, we, we pulled the engine out of this car, you know, took it all apart, you know, had it machined, put it back together, put it in. So I had to learn, you know, the mechanics of it, mm-hmm. but also the electric part, you know, how does the ignition work, you know, coils and all this kind of stuff. And so that's kind of where it began. I'm a very uh, hands-on interested in mechanics and electrical things. So, so that's kind of where it started, I yeah. think is that path. And now today I, I love, so I restored with my, so I have uh, four kids. I have mm-hmm. three daughters and, and a son. My three daughters are in college. Uh, two of them got married during the COVID year, right? Oh. Uh, last year, middle of the year, they decided, yeah, we're not going to wait. We're going to go ahead and we're going to pull this trigger. And oh so boy. for mom and dad, I was like, are you like, how are we, how are we going to do this? Yeah, you know? sure. Um, but uh, so with my youngest daughter and now my son, who's the youngest of, of the four, uh, we restored a 69 Chevy truck, a mm-hmm. C10. So her and I took that car completely apart. Wow. If I showed you a picture, it was like, you wouldn't even know it was a car. It Just, was like frame rails and yeah. fenders, and, you know, took it apart had it, you know, powder coated and, and basically put it all back together, wired it up and, you know, turned the key. So my youngest daughter got that experience of, you know, working with me in the evenings, you know, yeah. late at night uh, to do that. It took us about a year and a half. 
wow. uh, to, to do that project. Yeah. And then right now I'm, I'm in the middle of my son's 14, almost 15. And we're right in the middle of the exact same thing with a 69 Camaro. Nice. That's like your classic Southern California car too. Yeah. yeah. No, I love, <laughs> I have a 64 Chevelle that yeah. I, my, my old, so I, I also raced, uh, drag raced a car for about 10 years, uh, in so kind of competitively in a, in a, a West coast association that we had, it wasn't NHRA. It was sanctioned by NHRA, but it was a, a separate thing. So for about 10 years. Yeah. It was like I an official married, event. Like, yeah, these were win money, yeah, you know, wow. uh, travel to four or five different racetracks in the West. Um, there'd be a race maybe every six or seven weeks yeah, kind of thing. And so I did that for about 10 years oh, and awesome. but it got to a point I had like a, six-year-old, four-year-old, and a two-year-old, yeah. and my wife's got a double stroller, and we yeah. got earmuffs, and, you know, trying to drag the kids around, and it just got to a point where it was like, we, we just can't do this anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so I exposed, you know, uh, my, my children to that, and uh, so I now am getting a chance to kind of circle back and kind of do some of those things again, not race, but at least have some nice classic cars. They're fast. So I've got a 64 El Camino, mm -hmm. a 64 Chevelle, and then the 69 truck and the 69 Camaro. Must so have all a, in the 60s, yeah. Must have a yeah. huge driveway then. <laughs> yeah, large garage. Yeah, big driveway, big garage. Uh, it, that's, I mean, that's a great story, and I can see how that would certainly uh, last a lifetime. Um, you got into the electronics piece then. Was that just a matter of the job, or was it something you were interested in before the job? So it was, you know, in, in your latter years in high school, you know, you usually have like these work release programs where yeah. you take, you know, four, your four classes before lunch, and then you can go to work. Right. Yeah. So I started working early. And uh, so I got that job working at Jayco, which was my dad's company. And, you know, first it was just warehouse type duties, but then they're like, Hey, we do, this was floppy disk drives, hard drives and floppy drives were some of the things they were selling. And so whatever, they get them back and they'd need some basic troubleshooting. So I would use a voltometer, you know, check circuits and, you know, they had SOPs. So it wasn't difficult things to do, sure. but you did have to have an understanding of what it was you were measuring, reading and that sort of thing. Right. So it kind right. of was a job to start with, but having the background that I had, and I think the, you know, kind of uh, maybe, maybe skill set that, Hey, this is something I enjoy. I was able to just kind of morph that into, I want to do something that, that is around electronics, you know? And, and that it turned into what we are now. Right. But, yeah. but it started with a very basic principle of a hard drive floppy drive to, you know, then I, I took this job at Holland electronics in 1992. And then that kind of continued because I started there in uh, that private cable equipment would come back and needing repair. Mm -hmm. And so I started there in that same kind of basic electrical repair. And then I'm like, you know, I told the owner, Mike, I said, look, there's like four, I want to do, how about this? Give me a chance to sell, mm -hmm. right? And I'll continue to do these duties, but let me let me take a stab at selling. Mm -hmm. And so I was 50% of the time sales, 50% of the time had to run the warehouse and the repair stuff, right? And so I was the only guy doing that. And then it only took about eight or nine months that the owner was like, well, yeah, you're way more valuable if you're selling. Yeah, right? yeah. And so I quickly moved into that full time and challenged Daryl, right? And because he was the only guy, <laughs> yeah. you know, the Subway sandwich every day sitting back, you know, like uh, calls are just coming in. I'm not having to work very hard. Yeah. And so I was able to kind of challenge Daryl a little bit. And then we replaced, uh, you know, that that other duty with somebody else. And so from there, we just, you know, progressed. 
So you got into this. I mean, you got into it very young. I mean, literally in high school, you started doing, uh, you started the the groundwork for a career that you're still in. You talked about going to JC Junior College. I mean, did you even did it even really matter? I mean, it looks like you just jumped it, right it, in. But it was one of those things, you know. You know, like I got to do this. So I continued going through our local Ventura College yeah. for as long as I could. And then it came a point where I'm like, okay, you know what? I've only got so much time, yeah. you know, and I was dating, I started dating my now wife. And so I'm trying to balance all these things. And I was like, you know, I don't know that I need to finish to be successful here. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't say that it's a regret, but it is something that of course, I'm always like, you know what, should I ever go back and do like an MBA program at night for working professionals? I've, I've had those thoughts, but, but honestly, I, I haven't needed to. Yeah. You know? No, and, um, so, <laughs> I agree. You know, but that presented some problems, right? Raising a young family. I'm like, I want my kids to go to school. I want to go to college. Yeah, okay. And they're like, dad, yeah. hey, yeah. you know, look at you. You did you it. Have to do yeah. that. And I'm like, you know, don't look at me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm the one in 10 million. And I, I had a, a, a lot of fortunate things come in front of me. And yeah, I took advantage of them. But yeah. that doesn't happen for everybody. So so get a foundation. Right, you know? right. No, absolutely great advice. So you're one of the lucky ones. You're one of the oh, ones Lord. that where it where it works out to your great advantage. Um, and it's not yeah. always the case, unfortunately. So as we get into Holland today, Holland Electronics today in, in 2021, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to over the next few years, just in kind of generic terms as far as where you see the company going in the near future? Good question. And I, I think where I see what, so when we became part of Amphal, that was in late 2012. You know, our view of that acquisition when when we felt it was a good partnership uh, was, hey, here's a big company with a lot of resources. We're a small company uh, at that time, probably maybe 30-ish people. And uh, we, in order to scale, we need some help, mm -hmm. right? We need, we need resources and really knowledge because it was me, at this time, it's me and Mike Holland. And yeah, we had a sales team and a controller and this kind of stuff, but it, it's he and I, he's like an engineer and uh, has that just can look at something and be like, oh, here's the way to do it. Yeah. Here's yeah. How to do that, right. So his value is really engineering, not so much running the business, but, but he was good at that. But he's like, I need to do more of this and I need someone that can do more of the, the business stuff. Mm -hmm. So he and I, you know, this was pre-acquisition kind of like, okay, these are, this is a good role for me. That's a good role for you. Let's figure out how to make this work. But, but he, know, he knew too. And the, the business is 30, was 30 some years old. And he's like, you know, I want to kind of retire out. I need to find a path. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had talked to some other potential suitors, you know, that were interested in acquiring the business. And uh, when, when Amphenol came along, it was just, it's a good fit because the model, you know, it's not going to just come in and everyone wears the new company's white, yeah. you know, shirt, yeah. you know, this kind of thing. So we wanted that autonomy, but at the same time we needed help, mm -hmm. right? We needed that. And so, you know, it was a little rocky in the beginning, you know, in, in the acquisition, trying to kind of figure everything out. Yeah. And I think sometimes you have a, a view of what you think it's going to be like, and then you get into it and you realize, oh, not exactly what I thought it was going to be, yeah. you know, so you do have to kind of fend for yourself, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and make that work. But in our group, I, I'm, I'm proud of the efforts we've made to kind of bring 
kind of these companies together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, under Zach's leadership and now Bill's like, okay, we need to find a way to not compete with each other. I yeah. Mean, we're beating yeah. each other up. And, you know, even though you're not 100% here, you're 10% there, but that's my, you know, so we had to work through all that stuff. And that took a few years to do. Mm-hmm. And so I've been big on the, we have to find a way to collaborate with each other. Yeah. Because, you know, we've built relations with customers, right? And we have good access to them. But I don't have a very large organization to really develop maybe the products that are needed. And another Amphenol's already got it. You know, mm-hmm. they've already got it. They've done it. So we need to really find a way to leverage that, right? So I, I feel like I've been a big proponent of that. And so I spent a lot of my time the last year, year and a half, really forging kind of those discussions, you know, with our, our sister companies and forming a strategy around that. Yeah. And we're starting now to see the fruits of that later. That's great. We'll shift gears one final time here and we'll get to wrap this up now. And um, I think I, I might've forewarned you. I can't remember. Um, but the end of these broadcasts here, uh, the last uh, couple of months, with sticking you, Jason, uh, you don't have any access to uh, any tools to fix cars, but we put you on a desert <laughs> island by yourself. I'm uh, in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure what you're going to do. Uh, no manuals or anything like that, but we allow you to have one album, one book, and one movie to keep you entertained. So we'll start with album. Which album would you pick? Oh, that's tough. Um, I am... I love listening to music, but I don't have a specific artist or album that I would say. Honestly, when I'm driving, I'm 80s on eight. That is kind of my genre that I like is that 80s kind of rock music. So a Def Leppard, maybe some Duran Duran, you know, whatever. I I really enjoy a a mix of, I also like country, you know, so I'm a mix of music. So I can't say that I actually have a favorite album or artist. Okay. Uh, but, but 80s on 8, eight if, if eight. there's some way to get that there, I'd take 80s on 8. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. How about a book? Um, yeah, a book. I think the book I would want is How to Get Off This Desert Island. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or I talked to um, someone recently. I don't think it's aired yet, but, you know, he's, I'd bring a he's, – he's talking about a book that's uh, 101 Desert Island Hacks. So yeah. I thought, yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so the reading I do, I'm not like a, you know, a big reader, but the stuff that I do read would be obviously automotive, you know, automotive classic car, um, kind of like how to or self-help. So also Stephen Covey, you know, uh, seven habits of highly effective people, you know, some of those kinds of things. Uh But again, I don't have, I can't tell you that I have a favorite that is my go-to. How about Um, movie? Movie. Oh, we don't have, we don't have internet. eh? I can't watch YouTube like, uh on the island uh you have a um a mini dvd player and you have one dvd <laughs> with you <laughs> about that we'll use that um, as a scenario you know most of the movies i watch to be honest are when i'm on an airplane traveling yeah you know, i am not a tv watcher at home too much um you know i'm uh, obviously with all these hobbies i've told you about and i didn't even get to the other couple you know i've got a few more that are passions of mine uh, that we didn't even talk about, but uh, so I don't have a lot of time to spend watching TV. Um, but I would say definitely an action adventure type, yeah. or I love a good comedy too, something that's funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, but action adventure, you know, maybe like the Marvel, you know, the Iron Man's this kind okay. of thing would be probably 
what I would go to for, for a movie or that, set of movies. That's like your brother, Barry. I think he yeah, said the same thing. Is that what he said? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're, we're Iron Man, you know? Yeah. Uh, how can you go wrong with that? Yeah. So it's been a great conversation, Jason. I appreciate it. Yeah. And hopefully we can, you know, maybe do this again some other time. We'll just get into the other hobbies. And uh, yeah, I'll think yeah. about my archery. I love, I'm a waterfowl hunter. Oh, there, man. There's all kinds of stuff I love to do. So, Jeez, so. Yeah, a renaissance man. I could keep you here all day. And I would do it too, except my bosses <laughs> would look at me like, hey, can you wrap this up? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate yeah. you taking the time to do this today. I'm glad we got a chance to meet uh, kind of face to face and hopefully yeah. we get to see each other soon uh, if I make my way out to Ventura. Sounds good, Chris. All right. It. Thank you. All right, man. Take care.